What's going on, guys? This is your boy Reese, of course, uh, back to host the Obese Reese Show. And uh, like I like I said, I I'm really not gonna stick to like any one topic. I'm just I'm just gonna rattle off what's going on in my head and uh, hope that it comes out as coherent thoughts. So yeah, um, I do have a few things on my mind though, of course, that I would like to talk about. One of which being um, probably the most prominent on my mind, which would be uh, the new Netflix series Midnight Mass, uh, written and directed by Mike Flanagan, my personal favorite director of all time. And that's saying a lot because uh, you guys don't know this about me yet, of course, but I'm a huge movie guy. I'm a movie buff. Movies are kind of my thing. So, um,. Well, movies and TV, you know, not not specifically just movies, but movies and TV. So, uh, anyways, uh, Mike Flanagan made this show. He's uh, he's been writing it for years, teasing it in, in his other work, uh, like uh, Gerald's Game and Hush. And finally, he gets to make his passion project with Netflix, no less. The people that got his name, well, I wouldn't say they got his name on the map, but. Uh, Let's just say, before The Haunting of Hill House came out back in 2018, I had never heard of Mike Flanagan. I had not seen Oculus. Uh, I had not seen Hush uh, or Absentia. I had not seen any of Mike Flanagan's work pre-Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. So when that came out, Haunting of Hill House, it blew my mind. It, I mean, it it was one of the best things I've ever watched TV-wise. Uh, horror-wise, too, honestly. I mean, it's not its not scary, per se. It has some creepy elements and some, you know, some uh, cliche jump scares and whatnot. But it's its about family. It's about love and loss and, and family. And that's... That's what's going to deter a lot of people from watching it. Because you go in thinking, oh, this is, a, you know, the haunting. It's a, it's a scary thing. It's a, you know, it's supposed to be... A, a horror show and to a degree it is but um for the most part it, it's about family and uh, that's what Mike Flanagan does best he he gets you connected to these characters and not just like the main characters like every single character um in the show every single character gets a moment to shine that makes you that brings you closer to them and makes you relate with them more so you um, resonate, their story resonates with you more. And um, he did that in Hill House, of course. And then The Haunting of Blind Manor came out in 20, uh, 20, 2020, I want to say. Yeah, 2020, I believe, in like October. And uh, God, it was amazing. I mean, that was that was uh, when the pandemic was still, you know, woof, kicking our ass. Not to say that it's not still kicking our ass, but yeah, that was the first round of it kicking our ass, and uh, that that really brought my spirits up. Was having something as amazing as the haunting of Blind Manor come out around that time, and uh, it was it was good. It was no Hill House in my opinion. A lot of people will uh, say I'm wrong in that uh, aspect and on that opinion, but I, I don't. I just didn't connect with the characters as much. You know, or maybe it was, I didn't, the story didn't resonate with me as much. I don't know. Either way, I love both of them. I love Hill House and I love Bly Manor. 
and of course now I've seen Oculus and Hush and Absentia and I've seen Dr. Sleep. I've seen all of um, Mike Flanagan's work now and all of it is amazing. Almost every single one is a masterpiece and I do not put that lightly. I don't say that lightly. Um, but uh, Midnight Mass is easily the best thing he's ever made and honest to God it's one of the best things anyone's ever made. I, I definitely throw around, throw around the phrase it such and such is my favorite such and such of all time and it changes a lot in every aspect in music and in movies tv shows video games my favorite of all time of all of those things changes from week to week but midnight mass is the best thing i've ever seen and i've watched it a couple times now it, it's just as good it's not just as good the second time around because you know the wow factor with the story beats and the twists and whatnot isn't you know as crisp it's like watching the, uh, the sixth sense uh for like the fifth time like you know what's gonna happen so it's not as what you know but still very 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 good um every actor is amazing in it i, I mean uh, the main character uh the guy that plays him's name is Zach something, um, but Riley is, he's, he's alright, but he's definitely probably my least favorite character, to be honest with you, um, he just, I feel like he doesn't stand out as much as the others, like whenever, say, um, oh, what's her name, Kate Spiegel, I think her name, Kate Spiegel, the main, uh, the, the main female character, Aaron, every scene she's in, she just chews the scenery, I mean, she just, rings out every last bit of performance she can get and just like seeing that guy in scenes with Kate Spiegel it's like the it's like the sun next to like Mercury or Venus or you know you know what I'm saying it's like the sun next to a planet you know in size one of them is big and bright and you know you have to notice it because it's so beautiful and the other one is minuscule and you know kind of just chilling and that's kind of how it is i mean he's definitely my least favorite i gotta say my my most favorite character probably have to be joe collie just because robert longstreet is phenomenal i really connected with his story in the in the show I'm so, I don't know. I, there, I have so many feelings on the, the show. I really don't know where to go, you know, uh, where to go next. I mean, I'll, like I said, the actors are all fantastic. Uh, Samantha Sloyan. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm probably not. Sloyan. Yeah, uh, the one that plays Beverly Keen. She is absolutely fantastic. She's one of those characters that you that you hate to hate or you love to hate. I don't know exactly phrase I'm looking for, but you definitely, you hate her, and you, you're, every episode, you're like, ooh, I hope she dies, ooh, I hope something happens to her, something's gotta happen to her, she's just evil, it's not like Professor Snape from Harry Potter, for example, where it's like, you love him, and you have sympathy for him, and I mean, you hate him because he's a jackass, but, you know, yeah, she's not like that, she's more, the type um 
that you literally just hate. Period. You just hate her. And the fact that every single person in the show, like every actor that was on the show, has come out and said that she is like the sweetest person ever, just hammers the nail in the coffin, you know? It really hammers it in that she's a phenomenal actor. Look, if you can be so sweet and act like like in your performance become the most terrible hating person ever that that's just true brilliance acting wise in my opinion i mean it really is the same just to go back to snape alan rickman being apparently the most sweet wonderful man ever and then portraying someone as despicable as severus snape yeah is acting baffles me the fact that people can be as good as the actors that Mike Flanagan uh, hires like uh, I know I'm going to say this wrong Raul Caholi I know I'm, I know I'm saying that wrong and I apologize to you sir but uh, his acting in this is probably the most phenomenal I mean I've seen him in other things and even before he kind of got his time in the spotlight with uh, The Haunting of Blind Manor I'd seen him in a few things before that, and he's come a long way. I mean, he really shines in this series, and if you if you look at the reviews and, uh, you know, the Twitter comments and all that uh, about the show, a lot of it is about Raul and how good he is in it, and I gotta, I gotta say, I agree. He deserves, he deserves awards for this show. Everyone in the show deserves awards, especially, I mean, Mike Flanagan... He deserves a billion awards. He'll probably never get. Um, but it's it's um, it's about religion. If you didn't already know, I mean, the title kind of gives it away, anyways. But it's about uh, this little town uh, on an island. The town's called uh, Crockett. It's or I mean, like the island's called Crockett Island. So they call the town uh, the Crockpot. It just it, I think that's pretty. I mean, I don't know if I call it clever, but. Uh, it's definitely a, a fun little nickname, you know, the Crock-Pot. But, yeah, it, so it takes place in this very, um, I, want, I don't know if I'd say reclusive, but uh, isolated community with only, you know, so many people in there. So you get really close to all of these characters because you don't have anyone to get close to outside. I mean, you're literally closed off on this island just like the characters from the viewer's point of view. So you get really close to this community of people that are really close to each other. And that's where Mike Flanagan gets you. Because like I said before, he's all about getting you to learn and love the characters. Or learn and hate in uh, Beverly Keen's uh, situation. And over, yeah, there are seven episodes, you know, over like the first three, like three and a half, four I can't remember the exact time that stuff happens, but the first three or four are a little bit slow. And it's really just set up for uh, the characters, really. It's really just introducing the characters, introducing their stakes uh, and their situations in life. And I got to admit that there's a lot of monologuing. In that in those first few episodes and uh, I mean it's to get you 
introduced to the characters, but it's just, it goes on a long time. And it's like every single time a character is asked a question or like uh, gets like one statement of exposition, they go into a, an exposition monologue. One, char- uh, one character will say to one, like, how you doing? And then the other character will answer with a fucking... Sorry, I was trying not to curse, but it's too late now. They'll answer with a, uh, a, uh, full monologue. Like a full five minute, nothing but them talking and starting to cry monologue. And that gets a little old. It does. I mean, I mean, like, it, it successfully connects you with the characters and what's going on with them. But it just, I don't think it needed to be that much. But... Once you get past all that and you get into the juice, uh, you know, the real crux of the story, that's when it gets really good. So you have the characters that you already love built up after this so and so many episodes. And then you get the story, the actual story comes in and it weaves those characters into the story. That's the best part. Is you get connected to these characters and then they get put into the story and you already know these characters so you're you're worried about them or you know you uh, you're rooting for them or you're you're booing them you know whatever and uh, it's 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 just fantastic I mean if you if you love the characters from Hill House if you love the characters from Bly Manor the characters in this show are no different really. I mean, obviously, they're different characters, and they're, uh, some of them are different actors and whatnot, but the character writing, like, how much you're going, how much you loved those characters in Hill House and Bly Manor, you're going to love the Midnight Mass characters just as much, and um, just like in every single Mike Flanagan piece nowadays, I mean, he's just so, he's such a good writer. I mean, he's a phenomenal director, but he, I've, I've not seen a writer like him I mean, he's reminiscent of Stephen King, really, except, I mean, you know, King writes books. Midnight Mass could be a Stephen King book if Mike Flanagan hadn't done it first. (laughs) Even Stephen King said that he loved Midnight Mass, which is, you know, high praise, of course, because it's Stephen King. But yeah, there's a lot of, there's religious themes and, um, like a lot of religious themes. If you're not, if the little trigger warning, uh, about people, if, if you had traumatic experiences with the Catholic Church as a child or as an adult, you know, I don't know why I said as a child, but as a child or an adult, and uh, you don't want to relive that experience, maybe uh, pass this one up. I mean, hopefully, I would hope you could look past it, you know, just try to get through the art because it's such a good show. But if you can't, you know, that's understandable, of course. Um, so yeah, trigger warning for that. There's a lot of religious... Uh, symbolism there's a lot of religious symbolism and themes I I feel like it sounds like I'm rambling but I'm trying to put my thoughts into cohesive sentences (coughs) pardon me it's just it's a lot to take in uh, upon first watch but it really it moved me by the end of the show I I was bawling and it's not like, I mean, the other two shows had a mostly happy ending. You know, things were a little bleak, but 
you know, it, it had a it had a message of hope at the end, and I didn't really get that from Midnight Mass all that much. It was mostly just devastation. I mean, it kind of it definitely had the least happy ending of all three of his Netflix shows. But um, yeah, back to the acting. Uh, Henry Thomas is in this, of course, because he's in everything that Mike Flanagan makes. And he's phenomenal, as always. You know, little Elliot from E.T. grew up to be one of my favorite actors. And that's nuts. But uh, he was amazing in Hill House. He was amazing in... Was he in Bly Manor? Yeah, he was in Bly Manor. Uh, he just had, like, the B-plot. Um, he was he was really good in that. Not as good as in Hill House, but really good in that. And Midnight Mass is no different. He's very good in it, even though he has a slightly, slightly smaller part probably around the same amount of screen time as in Black Man, or maybe a little bit more, but not as much as Hill House. And, uh, yeah, he's really good in it, but of course, um, I expect nothing less from him. And then, uh, who else you got? Who else you got? Yeah, Robert Longstreet, of course, Henry Thomas, Kate Spiegel, always good. I will never, ever have a bad word to say about her or her performances. Um, yeah, Samantha Sloyan, I hope that's how you pronounce her name. Really just everyone, Hamish Linklater, Linklater, I think I'm saying that right, I might be saying that wrong, Linklater, I don't know. But yeah, he plays the main, the priest, the main priest guy that you see on like all the posters and stuff, and he kills it, knocks it out of the park, man. Um, the score is amazing, it's done by the, the Newton brothers, and they did like the hymns and stuff too, the church hymns. There's a lot of those in this. In Midnight Mass, I mean. I personally really like them, even though I'm not big into church hymns. I'm not a huge church person. But I really liked the hymns. I thought they added a lot to the the eerie feeling. Or, I don't know if I'd... I mean, it makes it eerie, but it, it's really only if you see church hymns as eerie with the tone. Because they match the tone, and the tone's just dreary and, like... Like something bad's gonna happen, you know, like a doomed feeling. That's kind of how the whole thing is. Um, there's a feeling of doom over the whole island, in my opinion. That's just how it feels. And that's the way it's supposed to feel. The tone is like perfect for the type of story that Mike Flanagan was trying to tell. He, he pulled it off perfectly. Like, of course, I knew he would. When I first saw the trailers, I really didn't think it was going to be all that important. Like, all that, you know, um, special to me. It wouldn't be the best thing I'd ever seen, like it is now. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I'll give it a shot. It's Mike Flanagan, but the trailers really didn't do it any justice. It really, I was much like a malignant from um, James Wan a little earlier in the year, like a month, a month ago. <laughs> I'll probably do an episode on that one as well, because I, that movie was so good. Definitely the, one of the best horror movies I've watched in quite some time. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, that's for another episode. Anyways, uh, but it, it's like that. It's kind of like, um, the trailers for Malignant did not look interesting at all. I mean, I'm a James Wan fan. I have been since the first Saw, of course. Uh, loved Insidious 1, 2, and yeah, one and two. I liked Insidious one and two. 
Um, I love The Conjuring 1 and 2. Well, yeah, well, that, that's a whole nother episode. But yeah, either way, I was ja- I was James Wan fan uh, going in, and I was like, okay, James Wan's making a new movie. It's not a new Conjuring. It's not a new Saw. It's not a new Insidious. It's something new. So I'll, you know, I'll give it a chance. And I mean, the trailers really made it look dull as hell. So it came out, um, came straight to streaming as well as theaters. So I watched it on HBO Max the night that actually stayed up uh till three so that uh, i could watch it when it came out on hbo max and i did not regret it um, but again I'm, I'm going on about malignant and i that's for another episode but yeah it, it it just didn't look good on the trailers is my point and it was the same thing with midnight mass and if i had i'm so glad i didn't let the trailers deter me from watching it because, well, I mean, bottom line, it, it's genuinely one of the best, it is genuinely the best thing I've ever watched. I mean, uh, uh, the best movie, it's not a movie, but it's better than any movie I've seen, it's better than any other show I've seen, uh, it's better than any video game I've played, it's better than any CD I've listened to, it's just the best piece of entertainment I have ever had the pleasure of what's the word I'm looking for the pleasure of ingesting I guess (laughs) that that word works better than none so um yeah I think that's really all I gotta say about Midnight Mass I mean for the most part that's the gist of it I don't wanna you know this is one of my this is my first real episode so I don't wanna overstay my welcome but yeah watch Midnight Mass Uh, it's on Netflix it's from Mike Flanagan, of course. I'm going to repeat that. I'm going to try to shout out to Mike Flanagan as much as I possibly can. Because he's my idol. Uh, go watch it. It's on Netflix. Like I've said about 50 times in this episode. It's really good. It's seven episodes. Uh, they're like an hour long each. Maybe the last one's like an hour and 15, 20 minutes. I don't know. But yeah, it, it takes a while. And like I said, the first few episodes are really slow it's a lot of talking and monologuing but once you get past that slump uh, it's not even really a slump if you're really interested in the characters once you get past all the monologuing and stuff um you'll get to the real meat of the story and it's a story it's the kind of story that of course has been told before sort of uh in different ways um but uh I don't know, it's just the way Mike Flanagan wrote it and the way that the actors portray their reactions to the story and everything that happens. I don't know. It's it it's the it's similar but different, if that makes any sense. You know, it's like, oh, okay, it's one it's one of these stories. It's a story about these. It's a story about this, you know. But uh that it's done so well that you don't really care that it it's kind of been done before, you know, because it's done so well, and it's done in a way that only Mike Flanagan could really do it, and I gotta say, of course, kind of spoilers, but, um, yeah, kind of spoilers, but if you if you go in expecting another, uh, ghosts, demons, kind of, you know, apparitions kind of thing, like the haunting show, like, uh, Hill House and Bly Manor, 
and you might be disappointed because my niece did I did get her to watch this my niece Abby and she went in kind of expecting it to be like Hill House and Blair Manor and she was severely disappointed so yeah that's another warning of mine is uh, don't go in expecting like poltergeists and ghosts of loved ones and stuff like that that's not what it's about that's not what he was going for it's not that kind of thing uh, yeah watch it let me know what you guys think about it personally and uh, then watch it again and let me know your thoughts on your second viewing because it's very different in my opinion but uh, when you watch it the first time and then you watch it a second time but yeah uh, let me know what you guys thought about Midnight Mass uh, let me know if there's anything you think I should talk about or you want to hear me talk about Depending on my mood, my next episode might be about uh, Malignant, or it might be about uh, Squid Game, the series I'm watching on Netflix right now, or it could be about literally anything at all. I mean, before I started recording this episode, I was watching an episode of Dog the Bounty Hunter on YouTube, so maybe I'll do an episode on Dog the Bounty Hunter. Who knows? The future is, is uh, you know, the sky's the limit with this. So, uh, thanks for listening. Tune in next time. See you later, dude.